I was just trying to do a bit of everything. And yeah, I would think about cold DMs and start DMing people on LinkedIn. And I would watch a course about Upwork. I think I was just spending way too much time on this stuff. And at the end, like what worked for me was just LinkedIn. Now people find me just on LinkedIn because they search freelance Webflow or something like that. You know, I mean, the first few results. Welcome to episode nine of Webflow, the podcast dedicated to uncovering the greatest failures behind the Intro greatest Webflowers. One. Because success often comes after learning from many failures. I'm your host, Jack Redley, a failure Hello, consultant. and welcome today my to guest is Felix Meeks, of Webflow, experienced the podcast digital designer to uncover the greatest failures Finland, behind the greatest founder of Webflix Studio. Success. In today's Often episode, we talk about failing to focus failures. on one. Key I'm your host, to get Jack clients. Redley, a failure failing to stay calm. And today, my guest is Felix failing Meeks, to negotiate projects. Digital designer. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode because the founder of Webflix Studio learning for web failures. In today's episode, we talk about the start of their Webflow journey. So, embrace and learn from failure. Stay calm of web clients and Felix negotiate projects as failure. It's an honor to have you. I'm so excited for you to listen to Thanks, Jack. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I'm a long-time listener. I mean, the podcast is not that old, but I've listened pretty much, you know, almost every episode. So, embrace and learn from failure. I want to know about your Webflow journey and how you kind of found Webflow. I mean, it's kind of a long story about finding, you know, what Outro. you really want to do. I'm guessing most of us, you know, we, we finished like Thanks high school for listening and we're like, this you know, episode. what the heck can I do? So if I, if I go back a Outro, bit to the beginning, so one job that I had a long time ago Thanks was working at McDonald's. So it's not the most, you know, Webflow sexy work out there, but one like of the there is different way you can take it. You can, you know, like feel like I miserable about it and just be in a bad mood and be like, okay, this, this absolutely sucks. I hate my job, I hate my life. Every but I noticed that, you know, like happiness really comes from within. And if I would change my attitude and just be like, you know, grateful, at least I have a roof over my head, you know, I get a salary, I got a job at least, you know. So this is what happened. So I went to says, study some kind of basic degree in IT. One that was of one of the only ones that was in English because I live in Finland, but I'm from France. Works. So I don't speak You're so good Finnish, so I had to find something in English. That well, IT sounds okay to me, you know, better than something else maybe. So let's give it a go. And then I discovered this, uh, you know, I had one course about UX design. I had a bit of course about everything, a bit about coding, some about business, some about UX. And I thought like, okay, well, this this sounds good to me, you know, there's a bit of creativity, but not too much. And then I got an internship in an agency, um, which gave me a job after that. So I learned a lot there, but I started, you know, to learn more and more about UX design and kind of like following the, the big names, you know, and like reading all the articles and like what is the best practice. And I started this to is feel a weekly like, you know, I need to take care of my career and to take better at this and for that I need to do these level. things, what they say, you know, I, I need to do helps. more research and next user week, flows I'll be and this and that. And so I decided to leave my job, which I quite like, to be honest, but I thought I needed to focus more on the, you know, the UX part because the agency works was a bit of everything i did a bit career. of front end until next week where web i learned playlist. like you know the basics of html css which is now super useful in webflow but um yeah so i learned a bit of that i did a bit of design i did a bit of coding and client relationship also uh but i decided to to leave that job to go to a product company it was a proper ux position then and it was a like a, a accountant a software 
not so much about the UI, not so much about, you know, creativity, but more about solving the problems and, and, you know, those user flows and talking to the users and doing the research and being part of a scrum team, being agile. So everything that I was told that you're, you're supposed to do, you know, as a UX designer, and I never asked myself, like, do I enjoy it? And, uh, but when COVID hit, I was alone at home and like, it was all about the work. And I was like, like motivation just went down. Like, I don't like this job. Like, I don't care about this, you know, doing all this research and solving these complex problems, you know, like mathematical problem. I thought, okay, I need, I need, I need to change. And, and so the next step I thought like is becoming a product designer. I thought like, this is again, that in the career move, you know, it's like, feels like this is the right move to do. And so I joined a, I joined a startup as a product designer and, and there I had even more responsibility. I was the, the team lead for, for the scrum team. Uh, so I was organizing those meetings, you know, like leading the meetings and and talking to the st- stakeholders, basically organizing all that. And then I realized, well, it, it's not any better, you know, like I changed. I thought it was going to be, you know, what you're supposed to do. This is the, you know, what I always thought I wanted to be like a product designer, you know, when I was, then I was not, I was not that happy. And, and so to go back to the McDonald's experience, it's really like bothered me because I was like, but what if there was something else, you know, that I would enjoy more? And so I took this course on on Skillshare. Unfortunately, I don't remember which which one it was, but it was this really short course about kind of like finding, you know, what, what you would enjoy doing. And so there was some exercises about thinking back to your teenagerhood, the, the kind of activities that you enjoyed. And so that really opened my mind. And I started thinking like, yeah, like, okay, so the thing is that I've always enjoyed, you know, was there was some some creativity you know it's a lot of alone work like you know spending time alone just focusing on that one activity and there was a lot of like there was a, a part that was technical so for example i used to do like graffiti so for those who don't know graffiti has a lot of codes you know because it's about the letters we are, we're all kind of following yeah, certain conventions you know and when i was a bit older i did some music as well and that's the same. There's some creativity, but you got to follow the rules, right? Otherwise, it sounds horrible. It doesn't sound like music. And so I started thinking about that a lot. And I thought like, because I, 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 I was building, you know, my, my portfolio on Webflow. And every time I did that, I was like in, a, in this deep, you know, work mode. Like I would spend the whole weekend, you know, on it and forget what time it is. And I realized like I, that doesn't happen in my day job, you know, like I, I don't enjoy it that much. So, yeah, so that's how I started to think like, Maybe there's something about this this web floating where it's like mixing this creativity with this kind of building and technical aspect. And so once I kind of realized that, like I could not like stop thinking about this and I started thinking about, could I go freelance doing that? Like I see there's people doing that and started thinking like, I don't know, it's risky. Like, you know, like it sounds really scary, but then I, I just kind of convinced myself that some people make it work, you know, so maybe you can make it work as well. And so, yeah, I started planning, planning this move and, um, and, and that's how I ended up, yeah, like quitting my job, you know, saving enough money to, to do what I love at the end. And uh, so that's, that's the story. Yeah. It's really scary when what you think is going to make you happy and fulfilled and successful yeah. actually just makes you feel really unfulfilled when you finally get to what you think is the goal and then you realize oh shit this actually isn't you know yeah, what exactly. i want to do which is the experience that you have with being a yeah product i still think there's a middle ground right like it's not like you have to question all the time everything and and you know at the end i picked webflow i picked web design but i'm sure there's many other 
feels like I said that I, I could have, I would be happy doing, you know, so I don't think there's this one, you know, so that's why I kind of agree also with, with Cal Newport on his point that it's not like there's only this one job that's perfect for you and everything else would not work. But I do think that you need to think about your, your character, you know, like your, for example, I'm more like an introvert and, and like doing all these meetings and leading these meetings and, you know, leading the interviews and all that. Like maybe that was not for me, you know. Uh, so I think there's a balance between like listening to to who you are, you know, but also being, you know, grateful with, with what you have and trying to be happy because otherwise you're just frustrated all the time. If you're just like pursuing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and then you're never happy, I don't think that's the that's the answer either, you know. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like accepting your situation, but also thinking, okay, if I'm not feeling happy over a long period of time, then let's make a change in my life. And it sounds like that's what you did. And speaking of that, it sounds like you looked at your character and realized where your strengths were and what you wanted more of in your life. If there are any young Webflowers watching now who are like, I'm kind of doing a bit of everything, but I'm not really too sure like where to focus. And I don't really know my personality type because I'm a young person and I'm still, you know, working things out. What advice would you give them? Yeah, I mean, I think like one of the exercises, like I mentioned, was like really looking into like what what you enjoy doing, you know, <clears throat> as as a teenager and how you would spend your time. But to go a bit more concrete into the web flow, you know, there's so many ways that you can succeed, you know, as, as a freelancer and, and you need to think about what keeps you going. And so if it's just kind of like, is it helping, you know, your clients or is it, you know, being proud of, of like showcasing a website? So for example, if, if that's what keeps you going is to be like, look at what I built, you know, this awesome website where then maybe you want to work project after project. Uh, but maybe you're more of a collaborator and then maybe you want to work in a, you know, agency or, or in a company or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to really think about that. And, and that's something I'm experimenting right now, you know, like I'm doing some project, but I have also some like, uh, you know, recurring clients kind of seeing like what I enjoy the most and, and yeah, just, just try, you know, try things out. But then kind of once you understood what, uh, what works with you, just, you know, go all in on that. And I would also say that this process takes time, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds like it took you years to get to this state of knowing what you want. And I think a lot of advice for freelancers is pick a niche, go all in type thing. And while I think that niching makes sense, you can't niche too early without kind of knowing a little bit about yourself and what you're good at and what you enjoy. So don't beat yourself up. If there's anyone watching that's like, I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't, I'm kind of doing Webflow, but I'm like interested in SEO and I, I don't really know. I'm an introvert, whatever. It's not like, bang, I should be knowing what I'm, what I'm doing and, exactly. and how I'm focusing. I think it does take some time to work out. Let's get into your failures. So tell me about failure number one, trying too many things at once to find clients. Yeah, so even though I had niched down in, in the kind of, yeah, the industry and, and the web pro platform, you know, at first I was like, you know, I just, I quit my job. I had no plan B, I had no nothing. And so I was like, I got to do everything I can, you know, to find to find that client. I don't think that's necessarily the best strategy because you stretch yourself a bit too thin. So, 
you know, there's so many different ways you can find clients. You know, you could do Upwork or you could do like call DMs, you know, or you could focus on LinkedIn or Twitter or like I've heard, once I heard like some people just do referrals, like it just blew my mind. I was like, well, you have a successful career just doing referral. And I think like Grace Walker was doing that before. Maybe now she's getting more from Twitter. She has quite a big following. So what I was doing is not that. I was just trying to do a bit of everything. And so because I had that niche, figure it out, you know, I would try, I would go to those Slack communities. I don't mean Slack communities like Webflow, you know, or like Flow Party or anything like that. I mean, the, you know, the startup Slack communities, and then, you know, I would watch courses, you know, on, on how to do with like LinkedIn. And yeah, I would think about cold DMs and start DMing people on LinkedIn. And I would watch a course about Upwork. I think I was just spending way too much time on this stuff. And at the end, like what worked for me was just LinkedIn. And so once I understood that and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to free up my time. You know, it's good to have these kind of other options just in case things go south. If something goes wrong, I can always go to Upwork or I can always, you know, try something else and send a message in those Slack communities or something. But for now, I'm just going to focus, you know, on one thing, which is, you know, doing good work and just have a good LinkedIn uh, profile so that they can find me really easily. And that's been working fine. And I'm just posting the work, you know, uh, that I do on LinkedIn and I'm just getting, you know, it's not like a flood of, of uh, you know, leads coming in, but it's just enough for me because I'm just a one guy, you know, like I, I can only take so much, you know, at once. I, I only want to work with like two or three projects at once. Um, so if I get that one lead, you know, like once a month or once every two months, that's kind of enough for me to keep going. So, so yeah, that's, that's what I do now. Tell us a little bit more about LinkedIn. If there is anyone watching that's like, Oh, that's interesting. LinkedIn is your main lead generation uh, platform. What do you do on LinkedIn? Say I'm starting out fresh Webflower. I don't even have a LinkedIn account. What do I do? Yeah, so that's really hard because, you know, no one is going to like my answer because for me, I had like a, how do you say, like a leg start or what's the expression? Yeah, you were a late starter, you can say. No, no, like I had a bit of an advantage, let's say. I had an advantage Ah. uh, because... Oh, a leg up, a leg up. A leg up, thank you, thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, like this is the the French right here. (laughs) Sorry about that. So I had a leg up because I was, you know, working in in that, you know, tech world for, for about five years at that point. I didn't have like a huge network or anything, but, you know, still like 500 plus, that was enough for that reach right and then you know everyone everyone says that you know when you first announce it you know you quit your job you're following your dreams like people support you so I got tons of you know likes on on the posts and comments so tons of reach I don't think any other post like has reached that much than than that one so I think you have to you know kind of leverage that and so I got a couple people you know reaching out to me like oh you know like oh we work together you know um like they were colleagues and now maybe they you know they opened their own agency or they're doing this or that or they work at the company and so yeah that really helped me uh, at the beginning but yeah that doesn't really give any advice so it's not really helpful but one thing i can say is to really make sure that your profile is like tip top you know you have those keywords it says you know on on the job uh, on like on the headline or whatever exactly what you do uh, so for me i'm very clear you know i'm like a freelance 
designer and Webflow developer. And then I have this dash or whatever, uh, helping startups, you know, doing this or that or whatever. You know, whatever your thing is, just like make sure what is your, you know, what do you do? And then how do you help your customers? Like very clearly. And then in your, in your bio, then you can go a bit more in details and, you know, tell how to reach out to you. And then I even have a few keywords there. You know, I, I try, yeah, I try to put as much like keyword in that bio. And of course, you know, have a good profile picture. That's so important on LinkedIn. And so for me, like I had, you know, this first few projects like that, but, but now people find me just on LinkedIn because they search. So let's say there are, most of them are from Finland as well. So I guess I have a little bit less competition there, but when they search freelance Webflow or something like that, you know, I'm in the first, uh, like first few results. Uh, and then they just check my portfolio. And so make sure you have a really good portfolio. And yeah, that's, that would be my advice. Yeah. And I would uh, second that by saying that people search on LinkedIn. It's like, it's a search engine as much as a social media platform, right? So people will literally be trying to hire exactly you. If you have the right keywords, you will show up. Yeah. Um, I don't think people utilize LinkedIn as much just because I think it's kind of seen as like a slightly more intimidating platform. Maybe it's uh, obviously like more work related. So people are like, oh, no, it's not so much a visual platform. So I don't see myself hanging out there. Like I don't really want to. Mm. There are people literally looking for you on LinkedIn. So yeah. not being there seems a little bit short sighted, in my opinion, if, sure, if you're looking sure. to get hired for Webflow work. And, and I would also say that sharing work when you're building in public, you know, you don't need to just show the finished product. You can actually show your process because that's as much a reason to, you know, hire someone if they've got a really, really clear process. They're good at communicating by, you know, you can show that off by that, by showing that process. And, you know, you can, uh, you can get clients by just being active on that platform as much exactly. as having a really, really good buyer. One thing I would, I would add also, as a tip is like know your audience like i see sometimes people they just they just think like oh i'm just gonna post the same thing everywhere you know um so if they treat you know linkedin like it's twitter you're not gonna have a lot of success so for me i have you know on twitter i know it's just i'm just on twitter to be honest to just connect with with the community and with other you know designers i look up to and developers um but then on linkedin like if I post the same, you know, random stuff that I just, you know, random thoughts that I post on Twitter, that's, that's going to flop. So for me, LinkedIn is very targeted to, yeah, like potential, you know, potential customers. So um, this is where, yeah, like I would try to, for example, if I launch a website, you know, I'll try to make a little, you know, video or whatever and just, yeah, just post it there. Or maybe it would be some tips. To be honest, I'm not that active on LinkedIn. You know, like I know some people, they're killing it. But I try to post like, you know, maybe a couple of times a month. And try to yeah just bring some value there for potential customers or share my work or something like that. Uh, but definitely not a copy of Twitter. Tell me about failure number two: getting too stressed from client work. I think uh, that's maybe a bit more personal because I think I tend to you know maybe stress out or like get anxiety maybe more easily than other people. Um. I'm a people pleaser. So 
I maybe sometimes like read too much, you know, into it. And like, I want to always over deliver, you know, and I say yes to every request and, you know, people reach out to me on Slack, like I'm answering like in, in five seconds, you know, I'm always like, oh, but then the other client and then, and then you, you, yeah, you get a bit overwhelmed like that. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's great to like, you know, make your clients happy, but if you're going to end up, you know, having, you know, burnout or, or yeah, like not taking care of your mental health, that's, that's not really a, a good thing so well, basically when you're starting out you think like every project is gonna make or kill your career you know at least that's how I was thinking you know I was thinking like well, I need to I need to kill this project you know I need to do such a good job because if something goes wrong you know and, and, and I lose this or I get you know I don't get the recommendation or, or you know good case study then you know this this might be it like maybe that's that's it that was my only chance you know you can hear like how much pressure I was putting so I have learned to to take a bit of, of that pressure off uh, because, yeah, that's just not sustainable. And I, I try now to to think like, well, I, I will always over deliver anyway, you know, like compared to someone who don't care. So even if I care just a little bit less, clients still going to be happy and everything's still going to be fine. But you will be like, uh, you know, a bit a bit less uh, stressed. So, so, yeah, I just try to think that, you know, it's, it's just a pro. It's still work. It's it's just one project. It's not gonna kill your career, even if you know. I try to think of the worst, you know, possible scenario. Like, let's say it doesn't go well. I give them their money back. You know, then what? That's it. You know, I learn from the mistake, like you said, I learn from the failure, and you know, I just take another job eventually, and it's not the end of the world. You know, so that's that's kind of the yeah the shift I'm, I've been yeah I made and and just trying to remind uh, that to myself once in a while once I feel like the pressure is going a bit too high but of course it still happens like I said you know like sometimes you have deadline and and you're getting a bit too stressed you got that anxiety but at the end you just have to think like you know just have to do what you can you know you got to do your best it doesn't help to to worry too much about it and if if you miss the deadline you know like you know, no one died, you know, like usually the clients, they understand, you know, it's not all on you. It's also on them. Maybe they didn't give the content on time and all that. So, so that, that was, that was a big failure for me. Uh, yeah. Just kind of being close to, to burning, burning out. Uh, but yeah, learn, learn from that. I would definitely second that as well, that at the start you think, okay, I'm getting paid to deliver on whatever I've promised that I can deliver. But I think the more projects you do, the more you realize that it's a collaboration. Like, it's not like I just go off into a design cave and just bust out the work. Like, I need the client to reciprocate in the level of, you know, um, commitment that we've made together. Like, if they want the project done in a week, I need the assets today or whatever it is, right? So I think that helped me take the pressure off myself because I was like, actually, we're in this together. Like, if they are not giving me the, the assets that I need, then obviously I'm not going to get, you know, the project done in, exactly. in the time that we've agreed. So I definitely think that like framing every project as a collaboration rather mm-hmm. than, okay, I need to, I, it's all on me. Like it's not, it's not all on you. And I think that's, uh, that's something important to, to realize as you do more projects. Is there anything else that you do now um to kind of take the pressure off yourself maybe before a client call or anything like that? Well, I think like like you mentioned about the collaboration thing, I think a lot of it is also like picking up the good clients and that's, that's easy to say, you know, 
later on when when you know business is doing a bit better but at the beginning you have to kind of take everything you can but yeah i mean that helps so much that you know take take those clients that are understanding and that are you know nice as well and that you know like now recently i had a client and and they had this kind of timeline and and again you know i took it like oh this is a strict deadline you know but when it was not just <laughs> putting too much pressure on myself but you know then they saw that i was getting a bit stressed i was like well, what about the, the images and what about the, the content and what about you know this and that like i'm doing my best but you know uh like i'm building everything i can but you know if i don't get the content like uh, but then they were like, no, no, but it's okay, you know, completely understand, like, this is on us, you know, like, the timeline was just a suggestion. And that, I think that that illustrates that, like, getting those kind of clients that are really understanding and that are, you know, they're on your side as well. It's, it's not like, you know, you're just like a machine, like, working for them. We're all part of the same team. I think that that's super important. Another thing that helps is also just time, right? Like, the more I do this, the more I estimate better those projects, you know, like because at first you might, you know, miss miss with those estimation. Yeah, the more you know what's your, like how many projects you can take at once. So maybe, you know, it's just about making your life easier that once I know like, okay, two, three is my maximum, you know, but then I know I, I say no to more than that. Um, so yeah, just times I think the experience, you know, obviously make, uh, make things better in the, in the long term. It sounds like, you know, the times when you get really stressed is when your clients aren't giving you the assets that you need in order to do the work. Um, I mean, what do you do in that scenario? Because I think a lot of designers are like, okay, well, I'm just going to start developing, even if I don't have the text, and I'm going to put dummy pictures in, and I'm just going to dummy text and things. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you not? Why? Well, you tell me to be honest, because I, I still I still have this problem. <laughs> I haven't figured it out at all. <laughs> so okay. yeah, wh- okay. what I do, what I do, and then you can you can tell me what you do. But uh, what I do is just you know try to communicate uh, as much as I can, and just also like just taking some breaks. So I'm just like, okay, you know, there's nothing I can do this week. I'm going to work on another client, you know, project, and then I, I'll get back to it once I have something. But most of the time, I do start building, you know, the skeleton of the website and, and the things that I know I can do just to yeah. Um, try to save some time, you know, and then once I get the asset, of course, if it's just about the text and it's really easy to just, it's just copy pasting work basically. Uh, But yeah, we'd love to hear what, uh, what would you advise? I have this exact problem right now. And what I found really helpful is to stress that we are going to have to delay the uh, deadline of the project if I don't get the assets by Friday. And the reason why that's really effective is because I'm giving very, very clear instructions to the client that there are repercussions to you not giving me what I need in order for this project to happen. If you don't give the client some kind of structure or deadline, then they're going to walk all over you. And I think it's really important just as a parent might do to a child, just say, look, you can do this, but just so you know, it's going to affect you negatively. (laughs) And it sounds a bit patronizing, but I found it to be really effective because when people realize that there are repercussions, suddenly they find the time to actually do the thing that they didn't have the time to do before or whatever it is. So um, that I found quite effective. 
Some clients got other priorities. There might be stuff going on in their life that I don't know about. They're not replying to emails. I'd like to think that, you know, there's there's real reason that they can't give me the assets. And if that's the case, then you've reached out, you've done your due diligence. And, you know, if you need to put the project on hold, then you can just email them and say, look, I think it's best if we put the project on hold because clearly... Mm -hmm you know, this isn't, this isn't a good time for you, but yeah. I don't think there's a perfect way to deal, deal with this. I love asking other designers what they do because everyone seems to have a different way of going about it. But if you do have good clients that are really good at communicating and their understanding as yours seem to be Felix, then hopefully this will happen less and less in your uh, design career. I'm not sure if that's fair, but uh, I'd like to think that it gets easier as you are better at choosing clients yeah that, for sure uh, and good I'll, I'll add one thing to your advice um because sometimes you know you you might tell them like in my case it was like you know the timelines are well okay it's okay you know we we delayed a bit but one thing i say then is that i might not be available anymore you know i have other i'm already booked for other clients so once you make them understand that hey, you know, if if we can complete the projects in the, in the time we agreed on at the beginning, I might be working with some other clients. And of course, you know, I'm, I want to help. I want to finish this project, but, you know, it won't be my main priority. And then they understand that, okay, but this will definitely delay it even more uh, if I'm not focused on it. Uh, so that might that might help as well. Tell me about failure number three, taking projects as favors. Um, basically, it's like, it's hard for me to say no, you know. And, and so when you have people reaching out and they're like, oh, but we don't have, you know, the classic, like we don't have really the budget. We're just a startup, but we will give you more exposure and whatever, you know. And I don't know why, like, it always gets to me, you know, like if someone's like, we really want to work with you or like, we will, you know, help you out also later or, or I, I don't know, like, we just didn't find anyone else, you know, they're all busy, like, please help me. We have this deadline or, or something like that. It's really hard for me to say no, but of course you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't take the project um unless you know unless you're like just starting out and and you know basically you're very available to take on on those projects but for me like one uh, so I've had a couple of those where you know I, I kind of like okay you know I'm gonna help you and this and that and it always like you know didn't end so and so well either I got even like ghosted once it's like okay like I'm here to help you and then suddenly you disappear once I had a project where it was it was like a fellow designer product designer so I really wanted to help him so he reached out and was like I want to do my portfolio and this and that but you know I'm not I'm not so good at you know the website design and, and things like that and I was like okay you know let's see what we can do and of course the budget was was really small I was like okay you know I'm just gonna do this as a favor you know I'm going to take this on like almost like a, like a fun project, you know, probably going to be, you know, quite short, quite easy, not easy, but, you know, not going to take too much of my time and I can just, you know, do a cool portfolio and, and, and that's it, you know. But the, the problem is that it doesn't go like that because even if you do it for super cheap, you know, they still expect like to be treated like they are any of your clients. And so they had this, these revisions and say, like, oh, I don't quite like this style. I don't quite like this, you know, style. 
and uh, and then uh, like I was expecting also you know him to be more involved you know because that's obviously his portfolio and I'm just kind of helping out uh, but like I didn't get any help and then when I would then do it on my own like you know take the initiative then it was not like what he expected and so I thought like okay well this is not worth it like this is this is even like harder project than the clients that I have that are paying me happily you know and they trust me with the process and this is just like this back and forth back and forth just wasting my time so I ended up just uh yeah we, we had to cancel the project uh but he was really cool about it and he actually paid me for for some of the work that I did so uh no hard feelings or anything but lesson learned and and yeah from now on like I try to to really stay away from those people that are just like asking you know that are like kind of begging me and it's really hard for me to say no uh, but now I try to be like, sorry, like I, I can help you find someone else, but you know, I'm just not not available or not a good fit or uh, something like that. And what do you do when maybe friends or family say, uh, "Hey, Felix, uh, haven't spoken to you in a while. Saw that you're doing web design. Um, maybe uh, you could help me on a project. It would be great if we worked together, and it'd be so much fun." um could we do like a mate's rates maybe what would you say to that type of message well like i said i'm too nice i would probably fall in the trap no felix there are young workflows watching no but yeah no i mean i for me i guess it's a bit easier um i would just be like this now my, my best excuse is my niche right so it's like oh that's not really what i specialize in you know just like when i was a product designer i was like well i do product design i don't do you know this or that i don't fix computers <laughs> um but now so i would i would take a similar approach and um well now yeah i guess it's a bit easier you know i can say i'm i'm, I'm busy because i am busy you know with clients that, that pay my bills uh, like I have, you know, to pay my rent and pay my my dog vet bills and, and all that. Um, so it's easy to to prioritize that. But um, yeah, otherwise, to be honest, like it would be quite hard if I had like my mom asking me. <laughs> I would probably do it, to be honest. But yeah, what about you? I've struggled with this one. I think it depends on the place that someone is asking from. You know, if someone, if an old friend or, you know, a school friend or someone has reached out, they haven't spoken to me for years and they're just like, oh, hey, man, I hope you're doing well. Just wondered if you like yeah. that is a very, very different thing to, you know, my girlfriend, for example, and building her website. Exactly. And obviously I'm not, you know, charging her as a client. Right. But it's a very, very different thing because I want to see her succeed and. I know that, you know, she's not just kind of lurching off me, right? Like she's, you know, someone that's really invested in my success just as I am with, uh, for her. So that's a very, very different scenario. Just like you say, you know, if your mum says, Hey, can you help me out with the website? Of course, you're going to help out with the website. It's not going to be like, right, well, I charge clients generally between five and 10 K. You're not going to say that to your mum, right? But I think there has to be some kind of line because there is value exchange. Now, I'm not saying you need your friends to be paying you what they would, um, you know, if they were just a client who's cold reaching out. But there has to be some kind of value exchange because ultimately they are, if they are not prepared to invest in your success, which is your business and give you something, then 
frankly, there's an energy imbalance if you're just doing a website for them for free or for very, very little money, which one is going to make you feel disdain for that person because you're like, oh, fuck, I hate, I should never yeah. have taken this project. And two, they're not really friends if they're not willing to give you something for something you're doing for them, for even sure, if it's just sure. a skill exchange. You know, a friend of mine's a marketer um, and she's amazing at doing that. And I was like, okay, if I do a website for you, can you spend some time with me going through some more technical SEO stuff? And and that was a really good skill exchange when I started out. And I didn't feel disdain for this person, even though I wasn't getting paid, but I was getting a skill exchange. At least there was some kind of value exchange there. So I think it's more nuanced than just say yes or say no. But if you feel disdain when you're doing a project for someone, then learn from it and learn what that feeling feels like and recognize when someone is just reaching out and, and basically trying to uh, just lurch off you because that's, yeah, that's not a, that's not a good feeling and you should never ever take on projects if you have that kind of sensation in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Because then they will just end up like, like I described, you know, they will just be just like any other client, except they're not paying you, you know, like if they're not anyone close, you know, they will have this request, they will have this and that. And then you're like, yeah, you will just have this regret. Like, why did I say yes? But, uh, you know, for for like close, yeah, obviously, you know, close friends or family member and like, you know, friends that are supporting you, like for me, they're always there, you know, to like your posts and, and, and it doesn't cost anything, but not everyone will do that, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah people that help you and support you, they're going to share, you know, whatever your LinkedIn post, they're going to comment they're gonna, and because they know it doesn't cost them much, but it helps your business. For those friends, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll do, I'll do anything back. Okay, we are into the quickfire community questions round. I have got a few questions from Webflowers uh, for you, and we're going to spin through these. Are you ready, Felix? Let's see. Let's go. Why did you choose to set up as an agency versus as a freelancer solo? Um, yeah, actually, I'm I'm changing that. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I I still have the the name, you know, Webflix Webflix Studio. I just wanted a name for it. I just didn't want it to be my own name. And you know, I mean, the name comes. I mean, it's very obvious. Web, you know, <laughs> Webflow, Webflix, and and my nickname uh, has been Flix because you know my name is Felix. Um, so I just put these two together, uh, and I thought it would be cool to have some kind of like yeah like entity or like like an identity you know uh, that that is not just my my name uh but then you know i, I discovered that um well most of the work i get like in most of the search you know on linkedin are for like freelancer so now i make it super clear actually when you go on my landing page now i'm like i'm saying like i'm a freelance you know uh designer and webflow developer you know i'm here to partner with you uh you know with the client um so i'm not just kind of like you pay, you know, like an agency and you don't hear from them and then you get the, the result. You know, I just, I want to be involved with you and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, I make it really clear now. So um, I'm actually not an agency at all, uh, but I do have the name, um, yeah, Webflix, webflixstudio.com because that's how I started it. But uh, I think I'm okay. It's, I think it's easier to remember than my full name. So uh, I think that's, that's fine for now. Okay, great. And... How did you develop your design aesthetic? Yeah, so, okay, so, I mean, 
so I was a UX designer, you know, and then product designer. So I think that kind of fit well also with the niche that I have now, you know, like a bit more techie. So I don't do this, this, you know, crazy, you know, portfolio website or like for photographer, you know, things like that or like luxury brand. Uh, because yeah, this is, this is the design that I've learned, you know, like, you know, making buttons, making cards and, and things like that. But yeah, this is something I developed like, you know, slowly. And, and of course, like as a product designer, uh, you know, you, you might have like a design system and, and you're just following that. So basically I just learned design. I'm going a bit on a tangent here. That's not really the question, but I think that might be helpful for people learning design that I've, I've really like laid the foundation, you know, like, you know, because I come from that product design background, it was all about, you know, the, the colors, you know, and, and like the spacing, like just the small details, you know, like when you design a button, you know, it's not, it's not like when you design a cool poster, you know, like when you design a card, you know, it's all about the little details about the typography and like, the, the letter spacing, you know, and the line height and, and the colors and your border. So, yeah, I think that gave me like a great, a great foundation of like all those basics and the color theory and, and typography theory and all that. And then now I can take, you know, a little bit expanding on that and, and just trying to be a bit more creative with the website that, that I do now. Uh, but that's something, yeah, I'm, I'm working on like in each website, I'm trying to be like more and more creative try to to go a bit out of my out of my comfort zone and how do you deal with imposter syndrome <sighs> ah well that's a tough one i mean i've dealt with this all the time because i've always basically i've always gotten a job you know before i was ready for it i feel like um which i think that shows you know it shows great confidence in a way that i'm just like reaching for something i don't have but then once you do get the job um you know you 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 get hit you know with the with the hammer of, of the imposter syndrome like okay i don't know what i'm doing um but i think i've there was this this great quote basically it was saying that okay i'm an imposter so what like i'm i'm like the best imposter there is you know like i i'm just fooling everyone and i'm the best at fooling everyone that i'm so good at this job you know so now i just i just think about it like that i'm like yeah maybe maybe i'm an imposter but so what you know, I'm I'm doing freelancing. It's working great. You know, I'm getting clients. Clients are happy. So what if I'm a, what if I'm an imposter? You know, they're still happy. Their happiness is not fake. You know, are they still paying me? That's real. You know, so who cares? Like, just just keep going and just just yeah, forget about it. <laughs> what does success look like to you? Wow, I wish you had sent me those questions before. To be honest, this is <laughs> this is real. Like, I don't know any of these questions. <laughs> So what does success look like to me? To be honest, like, like I don't, I'm not reaching for the stars, you know, like for me, you know, I mentioned this a bit at the beginning about happiness and then all that. And it sounds very cheesy, but like, for me, that that's all I want. Like, I just want to spend my time, you know, doing something that I enjoy doing and, you know, make a living from it. I think like right now, my expenses are not any, you know, they're not crazy. I don't have like kids or, or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, that, for me, that that's it. Like, that was, you know, that was my goal. Like, I put this tweet at the beginning of the year that, you know, I just want to be, you know, still freelancing at the end of the year. And that, that was that was my goal. Okay, all the goal is, is to become, like, an official Webflow expert, which I probably apply soon. But, yeah, so that, that was my goal. And, and, yeah, like, for me, yeah, the success is just, you know, if I make a living from this, you know, and I have nice clients, cool projects, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. 
Before I ask you the final question, where can people find you or follow you? Yeah, so pretty much just Twitter. So if you want to chat, you know, DM me on Twitter or send me a tweet or whatever, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I've just put it in the chat. It's just Felix Means. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, F-E-L-I-X and then M-E-E-N-S. Okay, final question. Let's wrap this up. What is your next failure going to be? Uh, one thing that's been on my mind uh, lately is, you know, in, in the nature of like, you know, taking things that I'm not ready for, you know, and then just figuring out. I guess I'm a bit afraid that one day I'll take like too much, you know, more than I can chew, especially like in the technical realm. I'm not, you know, I'm not like writing vanilla JavaScript, uh, but I can do a few things, you know, with jQuery or, or things like that and, and with CSS. Uh, but of course, I'm afraid one day that's going to be like something I'm like, okay, yeah, just take this project. And then I'm like, I have no idea how how to do that. That would be quite embarrassing. I would probably reach out to to yeah the community or some friends, you know, that, that are developers. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, let's see. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Thanks for listening to episode nine of Webflow with Felix Means. One of the biggest mistakes that Felix talked about and that I made myself as a Webflow freelancer is to focus on being relentlessly active on every single platform and channel to get clients. Instagram, Twitter, newsletter writing, Pinterest, you name it, I was there. As Felix says, when you focus your marketing efforts on one of these channels in particular and become more clued up about how that platform works, you're more likely to get consistent clients from your marketing efforts. The problem with trying to get clients everywhere is that you will spend hours learning the ins and outs of each platform, spreading yourself too thin to become a generalist marketer rather than just focusing on one or two platforms to get clients to be a Webflow freelancer. You don't need loads of clients to be a successful freelancer, but you need to focus to get clients. If you want inspiration, business advice, and Webflow jobs direct to your inbox, sign up for the Webflow Roundup at webflow.com. This is a weekly newsletter designed for you to take your Webflow freelancing to the next level. I hope it helps. Next week, I'll be interviewing Ziga Fayar, co-founder of Flowout. Join us at 4 p.m. BST on YouTube this Thursday to talk about some epic failures from Zika's career. Until next week, web flailers.